0: Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the God Revelation podcast, where we take a verse by verse, chapter by chapter look at the word of God and the book of Revelation, where we believe and teach Revelation 1 3, which says blessed is the one who reads and those who hear the words of prophecy and keep the things which are written in it for the time is near. So God's word tells us right out of this book that you are blessed if you read it and hear it. And therefore it's very important that we study it. And that is the point of this podcast for the time is near And the time that this verse is referring to is the glorious return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. He has given us this book to let us know the things that shall come to pass before his glorious second return to this earth as his king forever. Hallelujah and amen. Before we move any further, as I always like to do is remind you, if you missed any of the past episodes of this podcast or our other two podcasts, you can find them and listen to them and download them and listen to them at your leisure, whether you're going to and for from work or if you can at work at the gym, whatever the case may be. You can find them on our website at RenewYourMindMinistries.org. dot org. That's RenewYourMindMinistries.org. dot org, or on any podcasting platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Amazon Alexa will play the God Revelation podcast. Spotify, anywhere where you can hear. A podcast, the God Revelation podcast and our other two podcasts of Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God podcast and the Holy Spirit podcast. You will find you can find them there, download them or listen to them right there again at your leisure. And as I always encourage you to do, share these podcasts with other people, we are commanded by the word of God to share his word, specifically the good news of his son, who he sent to die for our sins, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you're being blessed by any of these podcasts and you have a thirst and you know others who want to be blessed and want to learn and be and be fed the word of God, tell them about this podcast. Doesn't cost anything. Tell them about it. I encourage you to do so. And if you need to reach me for prayer, I can be reached at renew your mind, the letter M as in Mary at gmail.com. Again, that's renew your mind, the letter M at gmail.com. And also we can be found on Facebook where you can also find links to the episodes of all three podcasts. That's facebook.com forward slash renew your mind ministries That's an S on your ministries, that's T-R-I-E-S-I-N-C. That's Facebook.com forward slash Renew Your Mind Ministries, I-N-C. And when we last, in our last episode, we covered chapter nine. And so in this episode, we're going to cover chapter 10 of the book of Revelation. And in chapter nine, just to do a brief recap, we covered the trumpet judgments uh, five and six. In those judgments, we saw Satan release fallen demonic angels from a bottomless pit where they had been imprisoned since their rebellion against God. They're given these demonic fallen angels who John, who is the author of this book described as locusts, we're given the power to sting unbelievers because, again, we're in the great tribulation period. The church has been removed. And when I say the church, I'm not talking about a physical building. The true church are human beings who have put their faith and trust and confess that Jesus Christ died for their sins and was raised by the dead by Father God for our sins. That these individuals are the true church and they have been raptured out of the earth, which starts the seven year tribulation. So what we're discover- discussing now, those judgments they're being poured out on the earth during that seven years that were going to be populated by unbelievers, those who have not confessed and put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. These locusts will be given the power to sting them, where they will suffer for five months to the point of, and the pain would be and the swelling would be so excruciating that these unbelievers will want to die, but the catch according to God's word, they won't be able to, they won't be able to. So those who even would want to kill themselves to escape the pain and suffering from these things, according to God's word, some kind of way they will not be able to take their own lives or anyone else would better take their lives. We also talked about in, in the last episode, which we also saw in chapter nine, An army of two million troops kills a third of the planet population. We're talking billions of people. But the good news—the good news—that our great God and His mercy and His grace and His love will still be saving. There'll be opportunity for people to come to Christ during this time. But the and many will. And many will, according to God's word in this very book, which we've already discussed. and You can go back and I encourage you to go back to listen to these past episodes where we talked about that. That on the flip side of that, many millions, billions won't. Think about that. If you've been listening to this podcast. You know, and been reading the book of Revelation. The. Horrific things is going to be occurring on this earth. Judgment for our rebellion. At least those who are left their rebellion against God and their refusal. To repent of their ways and confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Despite these horrific things, they still will not come to him. Their hearts will be hardened. And therefore, they will continue to perish and go through these things that we're describing. But that does not have to be you if you will put your faith faith in Jesus Christ and confess him as your Lord and Savior that he died for your sins and repent of those sins and confess that he died for your sins and that you believe that he died for your sins, that you believe that he's the only begotten son of God the Father and that God the Father raised him from the dead because he was sinless. But yet he was willing to go and did go to the cross, taking your place, That you may have everlasting life, peace, prosperity with him. The only thing he asks is you just put your faith in him. But man, unregenerated, heart not turned from stone to flesh, will not do that. And that's what we've been seeing. We've been seeing that since the fall of man of Adam and Eve. Through the present day and even more so during this time, which we will see. So we're going to pick up in this episode, chapter 10, which we're going to see another interlude or a pause in the action between the judgments like we did before in a previous chapter. Before we get into that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for being our great God. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace, your wisdom. We thank you for your strength and comfort for those who are just going through life, Father, and dealing with struggles and issues with it. We know as believers, your word said you never leave us and never forsake us. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for your son, Jesus, your only begotten son, that you would send him to die for our sins when you didn't have to. You could have left us in our sins. You could have just started over. But you chose not to do that. You chose to send a, a sin offering, the perfect sin offering, your son, Jesus, for us. And so we thank you for doing that, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for obeying the Father even unto death, that you would go on that cross and suffer tremendously, being, being beaten and humiliated even before going to the cross. And then going on that cross and having nails hammered through your feet, hammered through your hands, taking our punishment when you were not deserving. So we thank you for that. We thank you for sending back the Holy Word. We thank you for your Holy. Thank you. We thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your Holy Word. We thank you for this moment right now to study your word and be blessed. Because we will have knowledge of. You because you are the word. So we ask in your holy name that you would open up our eyes, our ears and our hearts to better receive and understand your word by the power of the Holy spirit in Jesus Holy name. Amen. All right. And if you have not already done so, I would encourage you to open your Bible or open your Bible app and go with me to the 10th chapter of the book of revelation that is found in the new Testament. Please do so. Now in chapter 10, we again, as I was speaking about before, See a pause between the judgments similar to the one we saw in chapter 7. Chapter 7 described what was happening between the six and the seven sealed judgments. Go back and listen to those episodes. Go back to reason, reading those chapters where we saw seven sealed judgments. Now we're dealing with the seven trumpet judgments. And so in chapter 10, we experience a break between the six. And the very last, which is the seventh trumpet judgments. All right. So that's where we are in the action. Let's pick it up in verse one in chapter 10 of the book of Revelation. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. He was robed in a cloud with a rainbow above his head. His face was like the sun and his legs were like a fiery pillars. This angel that we John is describing again. John is one of the original 12 disciples who lived through Jesus' ministry, death, burial, and resurrection. He's been exiled by the Romans to do hard labor on the island of Patmos for his believing teaching of Jesus Christ. And during that time, God came to him, brought him in the spirit, and showed him all these things that we're reading about. And to put it, I would say on paper, but I guess more parchment during that time or whatever they wrote on during that time. So that his the world would have his word and have these things which happened over 2000 years ago and which he did and which we're studying today. So John is describing in chapter 10 that he saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. This angel that he's describing is Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Although this, although this verse doesn't refer to this angel as Jesus, we, as we see in a few minutes, know that this is indeed Jesus. And before we get into that, let me talk about, although this verse referred to Jesus as an angel, Jesus is not a literal, literal angel. He is the creator of angels. Because he's the creator of everything. You can check that out in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. However, the Greek word translated angel can mean a messenger. And Jesus definitely fills this role as an angel, excuse me, or a messenger of Father God. And we see this in several passages in the Old Testament, which present Jesus as the angel of the Lord. You can read Genesis 16, 7. Genesis 13. In Genesis 31, excuse me, Genesis chapter 31, verses 11 to 13, Judges chapter 6, verse 22. All these verses and more, we see God in his word referred to Jesus as an angel of the Lord. And the Lord here is Father God. Furthermore, Jesus came to bring to the earth God's message of salvation. And he delivered that message of salvation. Salvation, as we see. And to Paul, we see in Revelation chapter one, Jesus in these capacities is serving as a messenger. And again, the Greek word angel. Don't think of a heavenly angel like Gabriel and Michael or even Satan, but he used to be a fallen angel, but as a messenger. So when he see when we see in this verse referring to an angel. He's not referring, this is Jesus he's referring to, but don't get it confused. He's not saying that Jesus is a literal angel. Jesus is God. He's eternal. He created angels. He created us. He created everything. Go back to um, the first chapter and John. All right, moving along further, this description of this mighty, mighty angel, which is Jesus matches the description of Jesus in revelation chapter one fifteen through 16. And again, what I'm talking about now, how do we know that this angel is Jesus? Because the verse doesn't say that this is Jesus. Jesus is said a mighty angel, but we know this is Jesus because again, the description of this angel from these verses that we are going to go through leads us or lets us know that this is Jesus. This mighty angel descends from heaven wrapped in a cloud, and Revelation 1 7 associate Jesus with clouds. See other Bible verses where Jesus in his deity is usually surrounded by by a cloud. See Psalms 97 2, Exodus 16:10, Matthew 17, 5. So again, these verses also lets us know that the mighty angel that verse 10:1 of the book of Revelation is Jesus. Furthermore, this verse mentioned that the angel had a rainbow above his head. Again, we know this is Jesus because another indication that this is Jesus, that um, a rainbow going back to Revelation four, three is mentioned to be around God's throne. And Revelation five, six tells us that Jesus stands in the midst of the throne. That rainbow is again over Jesus in the midst of the throne. Go back to read Revelation four, three and Revelation Five, six. Secondly, we know this is Jesus because God made a covenant with Noah. Noah, remember Noah and the, and the flood and the ark? God made a covenant with Noah, placing a rainbow in the sky as a symbol of his mercy. The rainbow pictures mercy in the midst of judgment here in the book of Revelation. Another reason why we know the, this angel in Revelation 10.1 is Jesus is because often Jesus is pictured as the one who has a shiny face unto like the sun. Cause this verse also mentioned that this angel has a face shining like the sun. And then finally, we know that this is Jesus because in this verse, his feet is described as a pillar of fire, which depicts judgment as we saw in revelation chapter one, verse 15. And so I went through all that to say, even though revelation 10, one didn't say this mighty angel is Jesus based upon what I just went through. We know that this is Jesus. All right, let's move on to Revelation chapter 10, verse 2. He was holding, this is Jesus, the mighty angel, was messenger. He was holding a little scroll which lay open in his hand. He planted his right foot on the sea and his foot on the land. This verse picture Jesus preparing to take control of the earth and sea, which are already rightfully his. This little book of scroll Jesus is holding contains the judgment, the judgments that he's planned to unleash on the earth. That's coming. Revelation 3. and he gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion lion. When he shouted, the voices of the seven thunders spoke verse three reports that the mighty angel Jesus calls out with a loud voice. His voice sounds like a roaring lion. This comparison is another reason we know that this mighty angel is Christ. Revelation 5, 5 identifies Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah. See also Joel chapter 3, verse 16 and Amos chapter 1, verse 2, where they also identify our Lord and Savior as a lion. This verse also describes seven thunders sounding when Jesus calls out in this roar. We cannot positively identify the seven thunders, although they may be the same thunder that sounded at the end of the sealed judgment spoken of in Revelation 8 5. Nonetheless, speculation here is unnecessary because the following verse tells us that the meaning of what they are saying or said must be kept secret. It is also noteworthy that the number seven appears frequently in the book of revelation. If you hadn't caught on to that, there are seven lampstands, seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpets, which we're on the seven thunders soon to follow the seven bowls of judgment. Seven is often portrayed as the number of perfection and of God, which is in contrast with the number six, the number of man and of imperfection. All right, moving on to verse number four, which says, and when the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven say, seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. John obeyed the command from heaven. Therefore, the book of revelation does not include what the seven thunders said. One day we may find out. All right, moving on to verse number five. Then the angel I had seen standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven. Moving on to verse six for continuity. And he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and all that is in it and the sea and all that is in it and said, there will be no more delay here in verse five and six. We see. Jesus preparing to take an oath and this oath according to these verses is that there shall be no more delay for the judgment trumpet blast and nothing can stop it. This last trumpet blast is coming. The seven trumpet blast, which we are eventually going to see is going to unleash seven more judgments on the earth called the seven bowl. B.O.W.L. judgments, which will get even more intense. And the intensity of the horror that's going to be going on on this earth due to unbelief and unrepentance. And according to these verses, Jesus is now saying on the earth oath of God, who is the creator of the earth and everything out in it, in the universe, that there will be no more delay and the judgments that are coming. Moving on to verse number seven, which says, and the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. The seventh angel does not sound at this point, sound his trumpet, but rather we're going to see him sounding his trumpet and unleashing the seven bold judgments. That's BOL and revelation chapter 11, verse 15. When it does, when that trumpet is blown and those judgments are released, all the warnings of the prophets from the Old Testament concerning judgment and the Old Testament prophets about Jesus coming, second coming, and the establishment of his kingdom will be fulfilled. That's what this verse is talking about. Verse number eight. Then the voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me once more. Go. Take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. The apostle John, again, the author of this book, heard heard a voice from heaven again. The voice commands him to go and take the scroll of the little, little book from Jesus. Verse number nine. So I went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll. He said to me, take it and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. John went to the mighty angel, that's Jesus, and asked for the the little scroll. Promptly, Jesus gave him the scroll and commanded him to eat it. All right, let's be clear. This language is highly figurative. John is not talking about him physically eating the book. What he's talking about is reading the book and digesting the truth therein not literally eating a piece of paper. For example, we've seen this analogy of eating something before in the book, in the word of God. The prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and a delight of my heart. See also Psalms one nineteen one o three, which says, How sweet are thy words unto my tastes. Yea, sweeter than honey on my lips. Also see Ezekiel chapter two and three. And so let's be clear. when we usually or we should take the word of God literally until it tells us otherwise. And so here we see that he is speaking literally here, not eating, actually eating the book, but reading and digesting and understanding the content. Therein, so Jesus tells John to take the book and read it, and in, in essence, and he told him that the book or the truth therein would make his stomach bitter, bitter, but it would taste as sweet as honey. We so we see here that God's word contains both a sweet message and a bitter message, that's what he was referring to. This is so in this context because John can see once he read this, the prophecies there in of this scroll that Jesus is holding, that's going to unleash these remaining judgments and the future and other future events that's going to be happening during and after the tribulation. John can see the light at the end of the tunnel. As he reads the scrolls, he can envision because this book is going to talk about the establishment of Jesus coming kingdom where the church would be with him, where there's going to be peace and prosperity, where there's going to be no more sin, no more dying, no more struggles, no more conflict. How sweet is that? That's sweet. However, the flip side is that as John sees these prophecy unfold, it reminds him the remaining judgments that have to be poured out on the earth. that's still yet to be unleashed. That word and those revelations are going to be bitter because think about The horrific things that is going to be taking place on this earth that people are going to be going through. The suffering, the death, all of it unnecessary and wouldn't have to. And these individuals wouldn't have to go to it if they go through it, if they would put their trust and faith and confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But that's that's something to be bitter. That's have a bitter feeling to it. The judgment that's going to be pouring out and the fact that people are going to be unrepentant during this time of judgment. Think about it. All right, let's move on to verse number 11. And this will come from verse 11 will come from the King James version. All the previous scriptures that we covered in this episode came from the NIV version. But this verse 11 will come from the King James version because I like this translation better, which says, And he said unto me, that's Jesus unto John, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues. And kings, we see in this verse, the final verse of chapter 10 in the book of Revelation, Jesus telling John that after he read and digest the prophecies in this little book or scroll that Jesus was holding, that he must now communicate it, the things therein, to the whole world before many peoples, nation, language, and kings. And as we know, which he did, because he's going to write the book of Revelation where he's going to talk about is prophecy about God's Faithful two witnesses, where we're going to eventually talk about in Revelation chapter 11, about Satan's vicious persecution of Israel in chapter 12, about Satan's two evil henchmen, the beast and the false prophet in chapter 13, about the faithful 144,000 in chapter 14, about the assembly of the armies at the Battle of Armageddon in chapter 16, about the fall of Babylon in chapter 17 and 18, about Jesus defeating the nations in chapter 19. And about the co of unbelievers from all period of history to the lake of fire in chapter 20. We know because we have the book of Revelation today that John did exactly what Jesus told him to do and prophesied about. The Roman Empire had banished John to be isolated on the island of Patmos. But he could not be silenced. His witness would not be silenced. God would use John to write the book of Revelation. Which millions. Have read. Exactly as Jesus prophesied and told him to do. Well, that's the end of chapter 10. On next episode, we'll go into chapter 11. And if you are really anxious, I would invite you to go ahead and read chapter 11 and reread it as before um, the next episode and reread it as we go through it. In the next episode, let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, you're such a great God. We just lift you up. We just honor. We give hallelujah. Sing hallelujah and, and say hallelujah to your glorious name. You're wonderful. You're magnificent. We thank you for this time to study your word. We thank you for the listeners, Father, that they will receive what you would have them to receive by listening and studying and reading your word, Father. You're just awesome. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your sacrifice. We just thank you and we just love you. Amen. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, episode, whatever you want to call it, and you have not given your life to Jesus, if you have not confessed him and put your trust in him as your Lord and Savior, now is the time to do it. We've been reading and studying about some horrific things. You do not want to go through those things. And you can avoid going through those things and come and join God's holy family and be saved from his wrath by confessing one that you're a sinner and that you need a savior. And he's provided that savior and his name is Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. If that's if you feel a tug in your heart right now to do that and you believe that, say this prayer after me, don't wait. Don't wait. Tomorrow is not promised to you. The next five minutes is not promised to you. And if you do this now, you would know that you know that you know that if something should if you should happen to pass away. Whenever that may be, you can take comfort that you will wake up in the bosom of your father, of your God. Because you can trust him in his word. And he said, if you should call on his name, you shall be saved. So if that's you say this prayer out to me right now. Father God. I am a sinner, I repent of my sins, and I accept and confess from my heart that you sent your only begotten son, Jesus, to die for my sins. He was perfect, therefore you raised him from the dead. I ask for your forgiveness, I accept your son Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive my sins. In your name, I pray and ask. Amen and amen. And if you prayed that prayer and you believed in your heart, according to God's word that you can trust and believe in, if you can't believe in anything else, you are saved. It's not about a feeling. It's about believing and confessing. And if you did that, welcome to the family. Welcome to God's family. Heir and joint heir with his only begotten son, Jesus, meaning everything that Jesus is entitled to, you're entitled to a glorified body that will live forever. Presence with your great heavenly father and your king and your great Lord and savior, Jesus. You're entitled to those things because of. Your confession and belief in Jesus Christ and you are saved from his wrath. That you won't have to go through those things that we're talking about in the book of Revelation because we're saved from his wrath. He's pouring out that wrath. It's coming and we're deserving of it. And when I say we, even people who confess Christ, but for us accepting him as our Lord and Savior, we exempt from that wrath. And so if that's you, I, I applaud you. I thank God for you. I encourage you to tell someone we are not a secret society. Tell someone that you've confessed Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. Continue to read your Bible or start to read your Bible. Listen to podcasts like this where you can get an understanding of God's word. Pray about joining a local church building or a church assembly where you can get with like minded believers and worship your God and learn more about your God and learn more about your Lord and Savior. Pray to your heavenly father, have communication with him. It's not about when you pray, having sounding a certain way. God is not impressed by how you sound. He's impressed by your efforts to communicate with him and communicating with him. That's what he desires. He desires a relationship, a genuine relationship. You now can begin to have it because you've taken the first step. So rejoice. Rejoice. I rejoice for you. Thank you, Father God, for them. Until next time, thank you.